are just a few days away from Christmas, and it's going to be a different Christmas, but hopefully it's going to be good, even if it's different. And I hope that today will be an encouragement to you. We are in this season of Advent, and Advent is the time of waiting in anticipation for the second coming of Jesus and also looking back to his first coming. And so we're in this liminal space in between when he first came and when he's going to come again. So far over these past weeks, we've talked about finding hope, finding peace, finding joy, and today is about finding love. Now, there's many things that you can do to test whether or not people love you. And if you see, saw me post on Instagram a little bit ago, I put on my great, beautiful Christmas sweater. And I could feel the love as people commented on my incredible sweater. But there's things that you can do that show whether or not someone loves each other. Over the years, if, if you pay attention to music, Love songs are a thing that trend every single year. There's songs that are written, written from like emotionally and sappy perspective to brokenhearted and embittered. But again and again, year after year, we see love songs that are written. We hear about love. We read about love. We sing about love. But when it comes to really truly knowing and loving one another, that's a whole other story. There's an old country song that maybe some of you are familiar with by a guy named Bob Morrison. And it's called Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. And, and he sings these words. Well, I've spent a lifetime looking for you. Singles, bars, and good times lovers were never true. Playing a fool's game, hoping to win, and telling these sweet lies and losing again. I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in too many faces, searching their eyes and looking for traces of what I'm dreaming of. When we're young, we're taught and we're raised on movies and songs that romanticize and fantasize love. Little girls are taught to discover their knight in shining armor and, and guys are taught to be the ones that are going to rescue them and, and win the girl. Both men and women sing about love. And if we're honest, a lot of the songs are really about lust and not even love. And the challenge with this is we have all these messages that are given to us that romanticize and give love the shallow view. It becomes a love that's condensed down into a movie or a three to five minute song. And many of our relationships, even with love, seem to be about as long as a song. When we begin to look deeper into this area of love, there's much to learn. Even though I have studied love, experienced love, I've been married over 15 years, I realize that there's so much I still need to learn about love. It only takes thinking about going to a family gathering, which probably many of us are not going to as many this year, to realize how hard it is to love people that we've even known our whole lives. So to help us find love this holiday season, I figured I'd make it easy for us. I went and looked up any, everybody who was single, and I signed you up for dating websites. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. Uh, but what I did do was I signed us all up for counseling. Because probably all of us need to know, I didn't do that either. No, I simply 
went and asked myself this question. How have I found love in my life? How have I discovered love in my own life? And as I asked myself this question, and as I wrestled with this question myself, the first thing I recognized was to find love, we must define love. To find love, we must define love. Each one of us has a definition of of love. We have a definition of what a love looks like from a parent, from a sibling, from a friend, from a boyfriend or girlfriend, from a husband or wife, and even from God, we have this certain view of what love is like. We have a definition, whether or not we've articulated it or not. But to find love, we must define love, and we need to have a comprehensive definition of love. It has to go beyond feelings and romance and Hallmark movies. A love that reaches into the daily grind and struggle. We need a definition that surpasses sentiment and becomes cement in our lives. A foundation that we can build on. When you flip across the pages of the Bible, you come across over 400 references to love. There are five primary words used for love across the Old and New Testament. And the usages of these words cover a vast variety of things from love of food to family to love of God and neighbors to even loving your enemies. The Lexem Theological Wordbook defines love in this way. Love is a faithful and benevolent self-giving to a person. In the Bible, love is the central attribute of God, the primary fruit of the followers of God, and the defining characteristic of the kingdom of God announced in Jesus. In other words, love commits, love sacrifices, and is core to Jesus and his followers. Love doesn't just show up when it feels good. It isn't just there when it's convenient. It is committed to the long haul. Love doesn't ask what is unwilling to give. And clearly, as you see it in scripture, love love is a verb, not a noun. It is something that we practice in relationship to God and one another and the world around us. We read in 1 John 4.10 from the apostle John, who who is called the disciple Jesus loves. And he, he writes, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. The Apostle John, who was writing these words, was showing that God was demonstrating his commitment, his sacrifice, his core being when he sent Jesus to us. God did not send his son out of anger out of frustration, out of retribution, sympathy, or some lower motive. Jesus was sent because God was demonstrating his commitment, his willingness to sacrifice, and that love was core to his very being. So I ask you, how do you define love? How do you define love in your own life? What is it in your life or those around you that you can point to and say, that's love? I see love there, or I see love there. That type of love that is committed, sacrificial, and core to relationship. For me, I've found this in my parents and in my wife. 
I grew up never questioning the love of my parents for me. And since I've gotten married, I've never questioned the love that my wife has for me. Have there been days that my parents or my wife really don't like me and we don't like each other? Yes. But there is a core commitment and sacrifice that goes beyond liking one another. So we first, to find love, we must define love. We must know what it is. But then second, to find love, we have to discover love. And the way we discover love is in relationship with other people and God. Now, this seems obvious to find love, discover love, but oftentimes we are like the song. We're looking for love in all the wrong places. Or maybe we've had things in in our life that we've missed love or hadn't had love in certain areas. As mentioned, a few places that we discover love are in family, in relationship to others. And many of the things that we discover about love have nothing to do with romance. If we boil love down to romance, we miss the vast variety and beauty of love. In life, like I said, one of the first places that we should discover love is in our family. And for those who have loving families like I did, we can take it for granted that your parents love you and supported you along the way. But for others, hearing your stories, I know love was a far distant reality from what you experienced. And it's important to recognize, even if you didn't experience love the way you should in your family of origin, it doesn't mean that you can't experience love in different ways. And one way is through friends, through the family of God. I know that I talked about, or or Evan talked about encouraging the staff and supporting the staff today, but I want to speak to you, Neighborhood Church, today. And I want to tell you that you are demonstrating love in so many ways. You are demonstrating committed, sacrificial, core love, and I hear about it again and again. I hear about it when you bring meals to people, when children are taken care of, when prayers are prayed, when people are being reached. And again and again, this is a natural outflow of who you are, church. And it's incredible. And I want to encourage you, just keep doing that. You are showing love to one another. Love is discovered when we act out on it. And this is one of the most attractive things that a church can have, is to be a loving community of one another. I wonder why it's so easy for us to say we love a cheeseburger or love a cup of tea or love that movie or that car or that color, but why do we find it so hard to tell our friends, to tell people who are close to us who aren't even our family, that we love them? I believe that maybe something in the new year that we could do is more openly express that non-romantic love to those who we know love us and we love them. Don't miss those friends. Don't miss those people who sacrifice for you and are demonstrating love to you. We can discover love through the church, through family, through friends, and also through God. Often it seems when we, we talk about love as followers of Jesus, we just 
get so focused on God and forget the human piece. And, and yes, we need these two working together, but it's clearly like a cycle that works together or like a love train that you can't have one car with the other, out the other car. You need both together. Because when people experience love through others, that can clearly point them towards the love that God has for them. And think about it like this. At one point in the distant past, God demonstrated his love to us. Not the only time, but he did. And through that demonstration of love, through Jesus, through his creation, through so many ways, he has given that love to us. And when somebody responds to that love and begins to love others, we continue that cycle of love. And most often, we experience the love of God through other people and not directly from God. Again and again in my life, I've seen as I have experienced the love of God for me through others. I've seen it in many day, many different ways. A few ways that I've experienced God's love through others are one time when I was in Mexico. I was helping out at a place called Living Hope Esperanza Viva. And I met this little boy named Nestor. And before I went to leave to go back to uh, the U.S., I had a moment to pray with him. And in this moment of trying to pray for this little boy, God showed me his love for Nestor, one little forgotten boy in Mexico. And that love that God poured into my life through Nestor overwhelmed me and consumed me in an incredible way. It blew my heart and mind. And then it was like this still small voice spoke to me and said, Mark, that's how much I love this one little boy. How much do you think I love the world? In my mind, my heart could not even comprehend the love of God. But that love came through that little boy named Nestor. Another time I experienced the love of God beyond my family was in some churches I grew up in. There was two gentlemen that come to mind that throughout the years when I would show up on a Sunday morning, they would say hi to me, they'd ask how I was doing, and genuinely take an interest in me. Do you know, I remember those two gentlemen more than most of the sermons that were preached at that church because they demonstrated in a simple way love and care for me. I also experienced love through a ministry in northern Wisconsin called Fort Wilderness. Now, Fort Wilderness was a camp in northern Wisconsin, and my parents volunteered at the camp. The people at this camp were like family, but during our teen years, we did a bunch of stupid things, and we were told not to come back to camp until we straightened out our lives. And so I went on with my day-to-day -day living, and years went by, and it was years later that my brother Jeremy was killed in a car accident. And at his funeral, one of the leaders of the camp, his name is Ron Robertson, came up to me. My life was not put together. I was not on the straight and narrow. But he walked up to me at that funeral and said to me, Mark, I think it's time you come back to camp. And those words struck me because I knew I wasn't in a place to come back. I knew I hadn't, hadn't made amends for what I had done. But Ron here invited me back in. And it was beyond good behavior. 
It was beyond saying I did the right thing. It was saying, I love you in spite of all the things that you had done wrong. I'll never forget those words because they demonstrated God's love to me. We are meant to be vessels that God uses to express his love to others. So to find love, we define love. To find love, we discover love in many different people. And like I just mentioned, to find love, we distribute love to others. Jesus states that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And and this is true both for material and immaterial things. Instead of waiting for somebody to love you, I believe God calls us to love others. Just imagine me as a parent. Nami and I have four children. And imagine when we discovered that we were pregnant, we said, we are going to wait till this child loves us before we're going to return that love to that child. It just doesn't work. We loved that child before they were even born. And we've continued to love them since they were born. We loved them first, not because they did anything so amazing to us, but it's an overflow of who they are. We made a choice to love them, not because somebody did it first. Same with God. He loves us first, but when he loves us, he then asks us to love the other. We read in 1 John 4, 11 and 12, these words, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Love, committed, sacrificial, core to followers of Jesus and core to our relationship with others. There's this little word in those verses, and it is the word ought, ought. And the word ought has this connotation of responsibility, duty, that we're bound to do something. And the apostle John, John is saying here, surely we ought to love one another in light of what Jesus has done for us. Surely we ought to do that, not because we feel this pressure or this cold, hard responsibility, but an overflow of the love that has been poured into our lives. Love, committed, sacrificial, core to followers of Jesus. My prayer, my prayer is that instead of looking for love in all these wrong places, that we would define love from God's perspective, that we would discover love in many different beautiful facets, and then that we would distribute love to those around you. May God pour his love in and through our lives during this Advent and Christmas season. Let's pray together. Father God, I am so grateful that I've had the privilege of experiencing your love in many different facets. And the majority of ways it has happened is directly through people who have loved me, 
who have demonstrated that love to me. And that has given me the ability through your power to know how to love others. God, may we afresh and new define that committed, sacrificial core love to us. May we discover it all around us and may we distribute it to others during this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.